Time for Wallace Chapman to the panel. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Happy Friday. And first, well, you might have heard Kim Hill is leaving Saturday mornings. RNZ Chief Executive Paul Thompson described Hill as a national tonga. A final Saturday morning show will air November 25. So around for a few more shows yet, but uh, nonetheless, Kim will be hugely missed and extraordinary broadcaster. Now, today, is there a spring surge in the housing market? Seems there is. What does this mean for your home and what if you're trying to buy? And the stoush continues over a new airport in the tiny town of Taras, central Otago. Unlock the whole region for a new audience or defiling a pristine environment. Your views on that. Also today on the show, some Auckland residents are upset after more than a 1,000 square metres of native trees were cut down for a housing development in Pukekohe, which brings back the issue of canopy loss in Tamaki Makaurau. Some say it's a death by a 1,000 cuts. We are losing our trees left, right and centre. And the idea of shrinkflation, it's been around, but now, get this, a French supermarket has actually put stickers on its shelves this week warning shoppers of shrinkflation where packet contents are getting smaller while prices are not. Do you see examples of that here? Your bar of chocolate, for example, your toilet paper. You can text me 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me, Heather Roy, Business Director for TalkPoint, former MP, Deputy Leader for ACT. Heather, kia ora. Good to have you here. Kia ora, Wallace. Thank you. Good to be here. And Jeremy Alwood, comedian and writer with me here. How are you, Jeremy? I'm good, Wallace. Thank you for having me back. Pleasure. To this, let's open the Friday mailbag. A lot of response this week. And we had some wonderful responses from your... We talked about marriage proposals. How did you propose? How will you propose to? And even the guests weighed in. Dr. Andrew Chen, he was talking to us about the COVID app. He emailed me this. Andrew Chen says, I proposed to my wife at the Rose Gardens in Palmerston North. I made a custom deck of cards and I'd written our story of how we met each other and the early stages of us dating on the cards so that she could go through the deck and read the story. And the last card had a picture of a ring on it and the question, will you marry me? Unfortunately, (laughs) I gave her the deck of cards the wrong way up. (laughs) Brilliant. And she immediately flipped over the last card. She still said yes, now married for four years. How about that as a story? Does that mean she went through the rest of the deck and read her story backwards? Yeah. So, you know, that's fantastic. What a great story. So, Dr. Jen, kia ora, thank you for that and sharing the story. And, uh, look, do stay listening because at 25 past four on this show, we have a very special guest on this very, very topic. 
Uh, so you can have a listen to that. Um, Verity yesterday said that small businesses were hit just too hard in the second lockdown and it broke many. Uh, now, quite a few agreed with Verity. Not Ram, though, who said, I don't agree with Verity. Uh, I thought Labour handled all the COVID issues and Auckland lockdowns well in the best way they could at the time. I don't know why she can speak on Auckland's behalf. I will certainly not be led by her moaning and self-righteousness. Around the panel, what do you reckon, Heather? Oh, I think that particularly the second lockdown where Auckland alone was in lockdown was very hard and it was hard for the government because you know they didn't have a crystal ball, they didn't know what was going to happen, they had to make decisions quickly uh, with the advice that they had but I, despite that I think that small businesses did suffer and particularly when butchers and greengrocers and the like weren't allowed to open but supermarkets were, that, that was pretty tough I think. What's your take? I mean, you are in Auckland. This is Verity's person. She said, look, uh, I mean, she said on air that uh, I was so, I'm so annoyed about it. I'm not quite sure who to vote for. As a left-leaning voter, mm. she said. I mean, what's your, what's your sense as a, well, a small business yourself? I yeah, guess? well, I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing, right? And I think, I mean, even if you asked members of the Labour caucus at the time, they would probably say they would do certain things differently. But um, there was a really important line in that letter you read out, which is um, they did the best they could at the time. And uh, I do really believe things could have possibly been done different, differently, but I can't, you know, all the data they had and, and the risks. I mean, yes, small businesses did suffer, but, I mean... Would they have suffered a lot more? I mean, that that's that's the big okay. question. Uh, also to this, now we had a snap poll uh, on the panel this week. Uh, if you've been listening, you'd have heard it. Now, David Cunliffe's I've been thinking was that we should have a capital gains tax. It's not on the table this election, but his view was that, uh, you know, it should be uh, a comprehensive capital gains tax as opposed to your bright line test. Anyway, we had the biggest response of any poll we've ever done in the years that I've been doing the panel. And, uh, well, 80% said yes to a comprehensive capital gains tax. Kind of surprised all of us, really. Liz says, I'm in a position where this would impact me. However, I support it. I was disappointed when Jacinda ordered out and hopefully when Chris took over. We do need a government with more financial resources in order to deal with the multiple areas that need expenditure, like health and housing. Many of my friends also support it, even though we are the people who will be taxed by it. Thanks for the quarter on this, says Liz. What do you think? Where do you where do you lie on this, Heather? Uh, well, I'm not in support of a capital gains tax for a number of reasons, but I do think it's time that we had a proper discussion about what the right taxation system for the country is. And, you know, the, everybody's just suggesting tinkering around the edges, really. I've always been a supporter of a GST, abandoned PAYE, and have a land tax. Yeah, you know it's I an mean? interesting take. I mean, I, I'm surprised by your 80% result there as well, mm. um, because I think I, I do think capital gains tax is one of those. It's one of those phrases that people have a knee-jerk reaction to, um, and I don't think we've had the discussion. That's my disappointment. Is mm. that I think a lot of a lot of you know this current Labour government have just shut the discussion down many times. I think it's a discussion we need to have. I think it's something that would need to be looked in carefully. But in general, I'm, I'm in favour of one. OK. All right. So uh, differing opinions on that, a capital gains tax. Uh, we won't go back to that because we had just overwhelmed <laughs> by the responses. I've had, I've had it with that. 80%. But, uh, they've had their say. They've, they've had, had their say. Ex- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
It does send a message to the Labour Party, though, doesn't it? Maybe they should have had the courage of their convictions and just introduced it. Well, that's what got me thinking, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think that David, even David Cunner was really surprised by that result, and I thought, mm. well, maybe it should have been, uh, as you say, Jeremy, a discussion point. Anyway, on to this. Um, Stephen Franks was on the show, uh, and he said, look, face it, New Zealand birds are boring and rather un- uninteresting and he feels for <laughs> and he actually feels for cat owners who derive joy uh, derive joy from owning a cat and gosh I mean, it wasn't quite the capital gains tax uh, feedback but not far off, as you can imagine <laughs> um, Martin said, what right does Franks or any person have to decide the fate of native species based on his limited concept of aesthetics? Native species are ours and most of them are found nowhere else in the world. It's our duty to look after them. They identify us as a nation. Although Jules says, I actually agree with Stephen. Overprotected birds lose the evolutionary capacity to adapt and survive. Many countries with wonderful huge bird populations also have many predators. I don't know if you want to weigh in on this, Jeremy. Oh, I love the evolutionary <laughs> argument. That's brilliant. Yeah, don't worry about it. Evolution will sort it out. Um, I'm always on the side of these arguments where I just go, you know, it's okay to like both. I like native <laughs> birds. I also love my cat. It's okay. There's a balance you can strike. Heather? Uh, I'm a bit surprised. Well, no, I'm not surprised that Stephen said that, but um, he's also a great supporter of the Karori Sanctuary, which has allowed, you know, bird life to flourish in Wellington, particularly if you live close to the border. And um, and I love it when I've got tui and all sorts of birds in the the backyard. And once I even saw a blue duck when I was tramping, which is one of the highlights of my life. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, very good. Uh, And just finally on this, uh, we did have a um, big discussion around structured literacy. This is, uh, you know, part of a phonics-based approach. Uh, Many schools right now, mainstream schools, are doing it. Uh, Some aren't. Uh, Kimberly says, I have flipped an entire class of Māori and Pacifica learners with structured literacy. It is the only way to teach literacy. It follows the science of reading and learning. It is proven. It works for all. Balanced literacy, in my view, doesn't. We've failed our tamariki for decades with balanced literacy. We have to change how we teach for the outcome of this country. I can't go near a balanced literacy school school now. They are failing students. You cannot teach both ways in a classroom setting. It doesn't work, uh, is Kimberly's uh, viewpoint. And goodness gracious, there are... Uh, many, many responses regarding uh, your examples of shrinkflation. I can't wait to get into that topic. Cat food, for example, uh, and many more. But time for I've been thinking. Heather Roy, what's your IBT for us this afternoon? Thanks, Wallace. Well, I've been thinking that we've become very blasé about earthquakes, and this has stemmed from a couple of, well, several discussions, actually, that I've had with businesses I've been working with in recent weeks about being prepared. But um, any thought that New Zealand is at risk of further devastation after Christchurch and Kaikoura um, seem completely lost on people. I think Wellington's an exception. People still here think that they're you know, are, are better prepared than elsewhere. But everywhere else where I've worked, I've asked, you know, have you got a grab bag at work, or what's the plan? Um, if a big one strikes and you can't get home and usually I'm met with sort of confused looks or or looks as if I'm sort of gone completely mad 
Um, and I guess for many people it's just a case of, well, it's never going to happen to me. But, you know, there are some absolute basics that the civil defence and emergency management people have been trying to push for a very like, t- long time, like having extra water at work and at home, um, keeping some extra cash at home in case the FPOS machines are down, which they would be in a big quake, um, having a pair of running shoes at work or in your car just in case, and cans of food in your cupboard so that you can survive for several days um, if, if things do turn to custard. And look, I was reminded by a really great quote of Sir Geoffrey Palmer's from 1990 where he said, sometimes it does us a power of good to remind ourselves that we live on two volcanic rocks where two tectonic plates meet and a somewhat lonely stretch of windswept ocean just above the roaring 40s. If you want drama, you've come to the right place. And I think, for goodness sake, people, just take a grab bag to work. Oh, that's great advice and a timely reminder. Just for example, that one of uh, which was so prevalent after the quakes in Christchurch, just having some cash yeah. uh, about your person, Heather, or yeah. stow- stowed away. Yeah. That's right. And apparently um, in 2011, uh, GNS volcanologist Graham Leonard suggested that Hamilton was the safest place to live in the country. Very good. From a geological perspective. Interesting. Yep. Mm. Kira, Heather, all right, Heather Roy there on her I've been thinking. Um, Jeremy Alwood. I've been thinking. We've sort of touched on this with the capital gains tax, but um, this is uh, going to, you know, it's a month yesterday to the next election, and this is the least connected I've felt to an election in my memory of being a is voter. Yeah, it really is, and it's, I'm a political person. I do, I do actually pay attention to things. It feels to me that, um, I mean, even the slogans that you'll see, um, you know, take our country back, it's New Zealand first, it's billboards, and let's get our country back on track. There's an awful lot of, every party seems to be putting policies together to take us back to something. I'm not quite sure what, some pre-pandemic utopia, but there seems to be a real lack of policies and ideas to take us forward, and that's what I think is missing. Um, in, In previous elections... It sort of felt that, you know, both parties, both both sides of the, the political spectrum have in some way had a vision of the future. And it's been a choice, to me, a very clear choice about which whose vision you want to follow. And I think that's missing. I think there's, 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 a, there's a real lack of it seems to be no one's really looking forward in terms of like. People talk about the political roadmap. The only map people seem to care about is that little one you get in the media with the coloured dots showing Mm. how many seats are in Parliament. No one's looking beyond October the 15th. And uh, I, I think that's a shame. I think something like well, it's capital. quite telling to say because uh, uh, I know you as a person who mm. is interested in politics to, yeah. s- to hear you say you're quite unenthused about this. Yeah, time I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm. I'm disgruntled. I'm not angry. I'm yeah. not one of those people. I'm just. There's nothing that's grabbed me. There's nothing that makes me think. Okay, this is. An Can I just jump over just very briefly before we go to the pips, uh, Heather? Are you uh, looking forward to this election or? I am, but I I hear what Jeremy's saying. I think that he's not alone. There's a lot of people who are saying they feel that disconnection, and I would love for for parties to come out and say what their vision for New Zealand is. I don't think any of them have. So, um, yeah, no, but I'm not feeling disconnected. I'm looking forward to it because I think it's a really MMP election. Very interesting stuff. Mm. All right, uh, the panel, Friday, Power Bill of Friday, and a very special guest. Mm -hmm. Who's it going to be at 25 past four? Stay with us.